Welcome to Julie Lawton Living, featuring engaging conversations on creating the life, business, and luxury home of your dreams. With over 30 years of experience in the design-build industry, Julie has completed over 1,000 remodels and custom homes in Southern California and provides architecture, design, engineering, and general contracting as a unique one-stop shop for her clients. Let's join the conversation with our host, Julie Lawton. Julie, it's great to be with you again today. Thanks, David. Glad to be here. We're talking all about boosting productivity and harnessing the power of work ethic. So why is someone's work ethic so important, especially as an entrepreneur? Well, that part about getting out there and being the best you can be. And I heard some guy on the TV this morning talking about being the savage you are, meaning, meaning go for it, get out there and do your best. Because if you're just sitting around and waiting for the next guy to do it, or you don't really want to um, step up and take charge of your own destiny, then that's on you. So you got to get out there. You got to do your best and give it your all every day because, gosh, you don't know what's going to happen the next day. And if you actually do your best and actually make that extra effort, the results are better. So you you actually propel yourself forward faster. So I'm, I'm just from experience, I have a natural born work ethic where I just can't finish my day list. Everything gets done on my list. I mean, that's just how I am. I don't, uh, I don't uh, slack. Uh, did you, did you have that work ethic like right out of the womb or did your parents model that for you? Is it part of your DNA? It's part of my DNA, my A-type personality and my ENTJ, I guess, because I've always been this way where if there's a job to be done, and I think it, we were groomed by working with my our father, who was kind of, oh, he always joked he's OCD, but he's very detail-orientated and doing things a certain way. And then, of course, finishing your task and no slacking off. And, you know, not that, not that it was no slacking off, but if there's a job to done, get it done that day and do it right and do it with, you know, he always had a thing about how you're doing something with your purpose, but your intention. So you know your your energy is your affects your intention. So if your intentions are bad inside, the work's going to come out bad. So he really made me re- recognize the intention of my actions are huge. So a lot of grooming by um, mom and dad along the way about work ethic. But we were we're both um, you know good workers. <laughs> So today, as an adult, as a business owner, how do you prioritize tasks and manage your time so that you can maximize your productivity? How do you actually do that on a daily basis? I write, make a list and I put down what needs to be done in order of priority and then everything else goes behind it. And and thank God there's only like one job that has a certain deadline and then the rest fall behind it and the other jobs started at different times. So you you it is what it is. But if there's something that's more urgent, it goes to the top of the list. And then I juggle everything around it and by texting every person involved in the activity to make sure it stays on track. And if it has to be, if I have to text every hour, I do it just to make sure it gets done. So it's attention to detail, but it starts with making a list and prioritizing and really thinking about it because I have to lay out everyone's day. So uh, it's a lot, but I'm, I'm pretty organized. So now, when you make that list, is that on a piece of paper? Is it in your phone? Is it on computer? How do you physically do that? 
I make it on paper and then I type it and send it out to everyone else in t- in typed form. But I start by writing it on paper because I like writing things um, on paper. I'm old school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then prioritizing. How do you? How does your mind know what to do first? Because I know the order of the job and I know what needs to be done on that job and I know what it takes to get that action item done. So if I need, there's five things to do before that action item needs to be done and it needs to be done today. I have to get everything else organized to get that one event to happen. So it's a, it kind of, it's kind of automatic, but you have to prioritize what needs to be done and then what, what, who and what is, has to be, um, accommodate that action to get done. So it, it, it blows up into a bunch of people and then for each task. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I find in connecting with people is oftentimes they're not understanding how to prioritize because if something is difficult or challenging or overwhelming, then they procrastinate on it <laughs> and yeah. do something else that's maybe more fun or easier. How do you handle that when there, because there are always things on our list that are less fun, right? Yes. And so in business, I prioritize for everyone because if I left it to my staff to prioritize, they probably wouldn't know exactly what was more urgent than the other because I'm talking to the client and I know what the city needs and I know what the subs are doing. So I'm the only one that can really prioritize overall based on that knowledge. But when it comes to each person's duties, I have each person that's under me, that the ones that are in the office, we make a list of what they need to do. And then we put a date on it, uh, on Asana of when it needs to be completed. So that's how we solve that and give them more time or less time depending on the task. But it is prioritized, but then we just put it on Asana, which is a calendar where you can mark an end date so they can see when it's checked off. And if they need more time, great, because sometimes there's back and forth. But I do it by putting a date on it and, uh, you know, again, project, set a goal and, and then check, make a checklist, but put a put an end date on it. You got to give mm-hmm. yourself an end date. Can't mm-hmm. let it sit there. It'll never get done. So the key is if something what I'm hearing you say is that if something doesn't feel exciting, it's overwhelming, it's challenging, that a deadline is what then drives the motivation to get it done. Oh, yeah. Even I have stuff I don't want to do. Are you kidding? And I put a deadline on it. Or of course, as as we all know from college, you wait to the last minute, then you know, you got to get it done. Then it becomes the challenge of getting it done. So it's not really good to wait to the last minute. But boy, it gets it done because then you have to do it. So um, I yep, put a deadline. And if you're not good at something, then get some help too. But you know, I don't do taxes. I have a CPA. I don't even look at, I mean, there's things I don't do and I hate doing and I hate going out through all this stuff. And then I have, so I have someone else do it, you know, so there. And if you're able to do that, because I don't know why people even do their taxes, pay someone that knows what they're doing to do it, <laughs> for example. And because yeah. I would never do them. I would, if I had a, that stack of paper in front of me with those questionnaires to fill out, it would never get done. So I just go to H and R or go where those places are, you know, that are good at it. Cause gosh, it, cause I, for me, I, I couldn't do it. It would yeah. be impossible. Just example. What role does mindset play in being more productive or increasing one's work ethic? Oh my God. It's huge. You have to be positive. You have to know yourself and be able to joke with yourself about what you are and aren't good at. 
and be able to just listen to yourself. Like, like, like I said, I could never do my taxes. My, I know people in my family that do it and they seem to enjoy it. I would rather, oh, didn't do anything than that. So I have someone do it, but, um, know what you can and can't do. Agree with yourself that this is never going to happen unless I have someone else do it or I have help and then get the help because it's just putting it on a list and not getting it done is is really bad and uh, maddening. And then you feel like a failure, but you're really not because all you really need to do is just ask for help. And, uh, you know, there's always so my big thing is mindsets, everything. So what I always say to my guys, because there's a lot of drama in our business because of clients and whatnot. Because we just work, we love it. But I always say there's no problems, there's only solutions. And that's my th- fix for the day. <laughs> mm. One of the things that it seems um, to be a key for people who are really productive are that the, the, the productivity is tied to some sort of end result or goal. Mm-hmm. That it's not just productivity for the sake of productivity but that there's a goal in mind. Do you find that to be the case for yourself? I set goals every day of what we need to get done. And then it makes it like a little challenge or a race to get it done. And then I just kind of hammer away. Is it done yet? Or how can I help you get it done? So there, I think there's to have like a carrot at the end of a stick in a way of we need to get this done by a certain time. Cause in our business, we actually do need to get things done right. and accomplished for me to stay on schedule. So it's a constant daily chore of getting a huge amount of work done to meet that end date. That's 30 days out or a year out, whatever it is, but it's definitely setting a, a, a date or an end date is makes it the challenge more fun. I think it makes more fun because then, you know, it has to be done at a certain time. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of do it. In working with uh, people, whether they're, you know, I, they're colleagues or people that I coach, I think that one of the, the challenges that people have in setting that goal is feeling overwhelmed, that somehow mm-hmm. the goal isn't motivating, but actually the goal can feel so big that it's demotivating. Right. How, how, would, you, how would you help someone process through that? Well, I had a goal last year of doing this whole new website and this whole new QuickBooks program, and I just couldn't fathom in my head, how am I going to get this done? Who's actually going to do it with me? And how? so one of the guys that helped me says, Jilly, remember to eat an elephant. It's one bite at a time. And now it's done. But when I, I was overwhelmed with the prospect of getting this done, but when I thought about it, oh, yeah, one little tiny bite, this huge elephant. Let's just take it one bite at a time. Or when it's a tough day, just take it minute by minute or hour by hour, because there is always progress as long as you're moving forward. But it doesn't, it shouldn't be overwhelming if you have just carved out a little path to get started. And at least you know where you're going a little bit. And then the the help comes and then it gets done. But I've been there, (laughs) y'all. So it also seems like the goal has to be something that I really want. I want to experience that. Yeah. And then I can I can even feel what it's gonna feel like when I get there, when I experience it. And that, that can be that can be motivating uh as well. And then I love what you said about positive mindset, because if even if I have a big goal and I don't think that I have the skills or the drive or the wherewithal to accomplish it, that's going to hold me back too. So I've got to maintain yeah. that positive mindset through the, yeah, you're, the process. You're gonna get, yeah, you're going to get frustrated. Just like me 
maybe wanting to fit into a certain dress by a certain date, you know, that whole thing. It's never going to happen. Change the dress, whatever. Because, you know, why get skinny for 15 minutes, whatever. I mean, there's this whole pressure. We all go through these weird little things, but it's just like, oh, no, I have to do this. Oh, no. But if it's a goal that's a healthy goal and a positive goal that's moving you in the right direction, that is really something you should to do because it's your goal, then it, 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 sure, it could be overwhelming, but as long as it's good for you and, and it's going to improve your life and make it better, it's overwhelming. Great. Whatever. You just do it step by step by step and then ask for help. And then it does get done eventually because if you want it, you, it happens. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some of us who are so driven, so work ethic oriented that we have a challenge balancing work and personal life. How have you approached that over the years? Well, it's funny because I prefer to work than to sit by the pool or, you know, go goof off. But I do like to play golf, but then I'm still on my phone. So I had to be very careful because I will choose work over social events. I will choose work over, you know, other things. So it kind of worked in my favor to be married to someone who likes to not go out at night or do. So it worked out where I could, I learned to shut off when I need downtime because I really would sit at my desk until I go to bed. If no one told me to stop and eat dinner. So I, so I did fix that by, you know, setting my own boundaries and rules for downtime because I like to work and I've never called myself a workaholic, but I get up at four and I don't stop until I go to sleep technically on the phone. So um, I've had to work on balancing that and um, feel good about that. I've done enough today because I have checked off my list and then don't get me started on something new because oh, yeah, that can, but it can wait till tomorrow. So you have to learn to set your own healthy boundaries and I had to also tell clients to stop texting me and emailing me after five because I'll answer and then it never stops because I like to help people. So I had to tell them to stop because once they send the text or email, it just opens the floodgates and then it ruins everybody's evening. So um, I had to set boundaries. So that's how I did it. I set healthy boundaries, logical, healthy boundaries, you know, enough's enough in a day. Mm-hmm. As you think back over the course of your life, do you feel like you've ever experienced burnout? Um, I don't think I've experienced burnout, but I can tell you I've experienced burnout with certain clients and uh, and certain behaviors. Because once you repeat yourself and, and you do something and you feel like you're beating your head against the wall. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've experienced the burnout on this isn't working. And I've actually heard myself say it out loud this isn't working. It just comes out of my mouth Mm -hmm. because the little voice in my head actually comes out and I'm like, damn, so this isn't working. Right, Julie. Mm. (laughs) And I, and I, and then I think, wow, we need to stop this. We need to stop this behavior. We need to stop this interaction or change. You know, I didn't have to luckily change my career, but I had to change who I was working with and maybe how I was working. But I've, I've had moments where I've, you know, I mean, I've been divorced. I that part was so fun to get out of those relationships. So uh, that you know, I've had that where yeah, burnout, not working. I'm at the end of my rope. I need to get make a change. So I did it because I you know had been through personal relationships that didn't work. My career has been fabulous, but there's been challenges with clients. And yeah, and it's funny because your little voice actually says something <laughs> out loud, <laughs> and you start talking to yourself. <laughs> 
yeah, then you know, yeah. then you know, like shoot, shoot, <laughs> time to yeah. make a change. <laughs> I love the quote that our lives are perfectly engineered to get the results that we're getting. Our lives are perfectly engineered to get the results that we're getting so that when we're getting those results, whether they're negative results with a client or our own situation, mm-hmm. it's like somehow I have engineered my life in order to experience this. Oh, I've yeah. Made, I've made choices. I've allowed behavior. I've allowed mm-hmm. interactions. So really, I'm the one who's to, I, I don't want to say blame, but like take responsibility for the results that I'm getting yes. because I've, I've engineered my life in order to get these results. Right. And some people will say, well, God put you, you know, made you experience that or had you experience that so you could become a better person. But reality is every decision you made every single day of that week or that year got you to where you are today, including marrying the wrong person, including taking the wrong job, because maybe you really wanted something else, but you settled, or maybe you wanted something else out of greed, envy, or lust, and then you got a freaking nightmare. So, you know, you, you, your perspective might've not been clear. So every experience you have, including the wrong person in your life, the wrong job is meant to teach you what you need to learn to make your life better. And that's all it is. And that's called those stumbling blocks and quote unquote failures. All failures are stepping stones to success, period. And there are no failures. They're all learning, learning situations. And you're you're meant to have them because for some reason you need to learn this lesson and not do this again. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny, but um, I can look back and see them all. (laughs) <laughs> so back on this topic of work ethic, how do you as an owner uh, cultivate a culture of productivity and culture of having a strong work ethic? How do you do that without becoming just overbearing? Oh, well, we have an excitement about getting you know, what are our tasks for the day to get to the end game, which is get the job done and get paid, of course. So there's, it's not about the money, but it is about the money, but it is about doing the job on a schedule because we set the schedule based on the ability to get it done on a certain amount of time, which is the, which is the, you know, the, the premium well, let's say the best, the best um, situation. And then I factor in on maybe a one month buffer, but we have a schedule and we're proud. Everybody's proud to get their job done. So I, I happen to, I guess I'm lucky. I work with a lot of people that are proud of their work and want to be team players. So I just hire team players. Maybe that's the secret, but everybody's proud of their participation. And, um, and then again, I let them do what they're good at. So people enjoy their job. And they're not forced to do something they're not good at. You know, they excel and they're growing as they're working for me. So that's a bonus. But, uh, you know, I think my my attitude and my energy is infectious. How's that? <laughs> I love it. All right. Hey, as you're listening to this episode, we really encourage you to listen to previous episodes on Julie Lawton Living. You can go to our website, julielawtonliving.com, or you can listen on any of the major podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher. And on Apple Podcasts, we encourage you to leave a rating and a review. And we'd even love to read that on our next episode. So 
Be sure to follow Julie Lawton on all the podcast, uh, I'm sorry, all the social media mm-hmm. platforms as well. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of those. So great to be with you today, Julie. Thanks, David. I really enjoyed this one. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And stay tuned for more conversations. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. And we encourage you to follow Julie Lawton Design Build on all social media platforms so that you can get a behind-the-scenes look at Julie's life and leadership as she designs and builds beautiful custom homes. All the links are in our show notes, available at julielawtonliving.com or by swiping up on your phone now. See you next time on Julie Lawton Living.